We've been teaching on the subject of love for a good season now, and we are teaching specifically on how to develop the love of God in your life, how to develop love in you, and specifically the love of God. We're talking about the love of God, and the love of God we know is in us because we are born again. As a believer, you've been born of God, so therefore you're born of love. We have uh, looked at a theme scripture uh, often. I just quote it uh, pretty much each time. And that theme scripture is John 15 and 12. It says, this is my commandment that you love one another. What? As I have loved you. This is Jesus' commandment to us, God's commandment to us, that we would love one another as God has loved us. So we are talking about developing the love of God in us. So the word develop, according to Webster, means to become larger, fuller, better, to grow or to evolve, to be disclosed, to show, to work out by degrees, to reveal or to make known gradually. In other words, what's on the inside is revealed on the outside. And uh, really, Christianity is uh, understanding who you are in Christ and then living out that life. And so you are a new creation in Christ. You have the life of God in you. And part of that is you have the love of God in you. Uh, God's life has God's love within it. So you have God's love on the inside of you. And you can get that that is within you uh, to be revealed in your life. In your action, in your attitude, in your words, in your demeanor. Uh, in your responses uh, to life and circumstances and to people. And so the love of God is something that is essential in our life and uh, now abides faith, hope, and love. But the greatest of these is love. So then uh, we as Christians want to develop in this love of God. Uh, we talked about as an example in photography to put an exposed film or printing plate into a chemical solution and uh, it draws out the image. Well, the image is there, it's just not visible. And so the image of God is in you, Christ is in you, you're created after God in, in righteousness and in true holiness in the image of God. So that image is in you, Christ is in you, but it needs to be revealed in your life and your expression. Praise the Lord. So. In order to get it out, how to develop it, uh, we've looked at a number of different points. Number one was that we meditate in the love of God or meditate on the Word of God concerning love. Number two was that we obey God's commandments. We obey the Word of God and uh, one of the greatest commandments, of course. What did Jesus say when he was asked, what is the greatest commandment? He said that you would love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, with all your strength. And you would love your neighbor as yourself. So we're to love one another as he commanded us. And so we're to do it as he has loved us. And we're to love our neighbor as ourself. Well, then, uh, when it comes to uh, the next point we looked at was uh, that we are to practice love. No man has seen God in 1 John chapter 4, verse uh, 12, no man has seen God at any time. If we love one another, God dwells in us, and his love is perfected in us. His love is perfected in us. So the love of God is perfected in your life, 
as you love, as you walk in the love of God, his love is perfected in your life. So perfect love does what? Cast out all fear. So then it really frees you in your life. It frees you spiritually, mentally, emotionally. It liberates you. Real love, the love of God. So uh, perfect love can be achieved in our lives. The perfect love of God, the love of God itself is perfect, but you are being perfected in that love. And so uh, practicing love will bring that out. It will help you to develop in the love of God. Uh, Next, we looked at uh, this past Sunday night, pray that God's love will increase in you. Pray that God's love will increase in your life. And so it is scriptural to do so. So we looked at Philippians, and that's where I told you to turn. Philippians chapter 1, verse 9 says, And this I pray, the apostle Paul praying for the Philippian church, And this I pray, that your love may abound yet more and more in knowledge. More and more. That your love may abound more and more. So there's an abundance of love available. And the love of God can fill you till it overflows through you and in you. Amen? And so he said that you would abound. So this would be an appropriate prayer for you to pray. And it's not just a one-time prayer. It is an ongoing prayer because we all could continue to grow in the love of God and develop in the love of God and increase more and more or abound more and more. All right, so in the love of God. So he said (laughs) that you would abound yet more and more in knowledge and in all judgment and that you would approve those things that are excellent. You would approve the things that are excellent. We looked at this in detail on Sunday night, so I will not go into a lot of detail tonight. And that you may be sincere and without offense till the day of Christ. Sincere and without offense. So living offense-free, living without offense. Great peace have they that love thy law, and nothing shall offend them. So living free of offense, I'll tell you, if you live free from offense and you walk in love, you're in a safe place. You're in a blessed place. And you can have peace no matter what's going on around you. You can have the peace of God, and you can have the joy of the Lord in your life. The joy of the Lord is Your strength. Amen. And so uh, he instructs us, of course, in this by his example. He's praying this. Paul's praying it for the Philippian church. My instruction to you, I believe, is uh, according to Paul's writing here uh, by the inspiration of the Holy Spirit is that you should pray this prayer. Pray it for yourself. Pray it for your family. You should pray this prayer. Uh, for the church family, that the church, the body of Christ here at Word of Life, I mean, that's where you're part of, right? So if you're connected to this local church, it would be appropriate for you to pray for this local church, certainly pray for other churches as well. And we do that, right? So we pray for other churches. But if you're a part of a local church, you should be consistently praying for that church, praying for that body of believers. So he said, pray that we would abound in love, more and more, right? Abound in the love of God. And so, uh, if we're praying that way, and that we would be sincere and without offense, no pretension, 
just real love, the love of God. Amen? Now, that doesn't mean we're all perfect in it because we're still growing. None of us are. But we are perfect in it. We're still growing or being perfected in the love of God. Uh, but we're, uh, we're really reaching for that. You're striving for that. When I say striving, you, you're pressing in God. You're pressing into Him, and you're pressing into the Word of God and uh, wanting to be a doer of the Word and not just a hearer. We're not just beating a drum, you know. We're not just uh, talking about it. We're doing it. So loving is, uh, is really a Christian uh, example. How they're going to know that we are Christians by our love that we show one to another. So if we're showing the love of God to one another and expressing that love to one another, then the world's going to be attracted to us. People will be attracted to us. All right, so walking in the love of God and developing in the love of God is going to be a result of us praying this way. And so I would encourage you to make this a part of your prayer life and include it in your prayer life. And you can make it very simple. Uh, in other words, you don't have to um, you don't have to recreate the wheel, so to speak. Reinvent the wheel. I mean, thank God. How many are glad for the wheel? How'd you get here tonight? You probably didn't just walk all the way, unless you live pretty close. Somebody's glad for the wheel, right? Somebody invented the wheel, and here we are, all benefiting in every kind of way you can imagine. And so uh, we're blessed. All right, so then we don't have to reinvent the wheel here. We just uh, do what the Apostle Paul did. I mean, you might read it in a few other translations, and we did on Sunday night. You might even pray it in a little different uh, translation, but uh, the key is that you pray it, and you make it a part of your prayer life. Well, then if we want to develop in the love of God, then prayer would be essential, wouldn't it? It would be a necessary step in this development process. Well, con considering that, we want to take it further. We looked at some other verses on Sunday night, but uh, we're going to go to 1 Thessalonians now, 1 Thessalonians chapter 12, because we're continuing in this theme uh, for this evening of praying that the love of God would increase in you. And so we're going to look at 1 Thessalonians chapter uh, 3, and uh, we're going to begin with verse 12. I think. I think I'm going to just read a little bit of the context here. So why don't we do that? Let's just go back to verse 5. Verse 5, it says, For this cause, when I could no longer forbear, I sent to know, sent to know your faith. So Paul, writing to the church at Thessalonica, he said, I sent to know your faith, lest by some means the tempter have tempted you and our labor be in vain. So he's checking in on the, on the believers at Thessalonica. He said, I sent to know your faith, lest by some means a tempter have tempted you, and our labor would be in vain. Well, we don't want our labor to be in vain. Certainly Paul didn't, and God doesn't want it to be in vain. He wants people to continue in the faith, doesn't he? And the faith and the, and the truth that they have learned or gained or come to know. And so he says... In the next verse, verse 6, but now when Timotheus came from, uh, from you unto us and brought us good tidings of your faith, and then he adds a word, and charity, 
which is in the King James, it would be, uh, mo most translations would just say love. So he brought tidings of your faith and love that you have a good conscience, a good remembrance of us, that you have a good remembrance. In other words, you haven't forgotten us. You haven't forgotten what we taught you. So then uh, they are, uh, it, Paul's getting a good report of their faith and their love. They have a good remembrance of us, always desiring greatly to see us. So they wanted to see Paul. And we also to see you. So the, Paul wrote letters, obviously. This is one of his letters uh, to the different churches. But now he's writing that you have a desire to see us and we have a desire to see you. Well, that's a good scripture for us tonight. I have a desire to see you and uh, people who are part of this church because many people haven't uh, been in church. And so, uh, of course, we respect people's decisions, but we'd love to see anyone who is willing to come and wants to come and uh, be a part of the in-person services. So in this verse, he said, we desire to see you. You desire to see us. Let's go. Verse 7. Therefore, brethren, we are comforted over you in all our affliction and distresses by your faith. Now, Paul suffered a lot for the gospel. So he said, we're comforted by your faith. In other words, you are serving God. You're walking in faith and in love. Right? First John says, I have no greater joy than to hear that my children walk in truth. In other words, they're getting a good report. Apostle John in that case. Getting a good report. Hear that my children are walking in truth. Walking in faith. Walking in love. All right, so not always so. Don't always get that good report. But thankfully, get a lot of good reports. That people are walking in faith. They're walking in love, walking in uh, the truth, the light of God's word. So he says, that's, I'm comforted by that. I'm encouraged by that. He said, for now we live if you stand fast in the faith or in the Lord. If you stand fa fast in the Lord. In other words, it's a, it's a great encouragement to the apostle Paul if you're doing the will of God, if you're standing fast. If you're holding fast to the word. All right. Verse 9. For what thanks can we render to God again for you for all the joy wherewith we joy for your sakes before our God? So he's giving thanks to God. He's rejoicing before God because of their serving him, serving God. Let's go to the next verse. Night and day. Boy, it sounds like he really cares, doesn't it? Night and day, praying exceedingly that we might see your face and might perfect that which is lacking in your faith. Praying exceedingly night and day that we might see your face and we might perfect that which is lacking in your faith. Now, how is the Apostle Paul going to perfect that which is lacking in their faith? It's through the teaching of God's word, preaching of God's word. So he said, we're praying exceedingly, night and day. I want to see your face. I want to perfect that which is lacking in your faith. Well, then, uh, you're talking about essential. Your faith is essential. Your faith in God is essential. 
Your love walk is essential. Faith works by love. So your, your love walk is essential. Glory to God. So walking with God and walking in the truth is essential. Walking in the light is essential. It's the buzzword for the day, so I'm just working with it. Hallelujah. It's essential. It's like uh, food is essential. Toilet paper is essential. We found that to be true, didn't we? Some people thought it was a little more essential than it was, uh, you know. They stocked it up. Praise the Lord. You know, so things that we think are essential, and there are a lot of things naturally that are essential, but there are spiritual things that are essential and necessary for our lives. If indeed we are going to follow Jesus and we're going to follow God and we're going to uh, have God's best in our life, uh, these simple things are essential for us and to us. And so... Let's go to verse 11 now. Now God himself and our Father and our Lord Jesus Christ direct our way unto you. And the Lord make you to increase and abound in love. The Lord make you to increase and abound in love. Now in, in this particular verse, he doesn't say I'm praying for you. But in verse uh, 10 he says, night and day I'm praying for you that I might see you and perfect that which is lacking in your faith. And part of that which needs to develop in your life and in your faith is your love. Amen? Faith in, in, in any area in the Word of God. And one of the most essential is the love of God. And so he's saying in verse 12 again, the Lord make you to increase. So it sounds like it's part of his prayer. The Lord make you to increase and abound in love one toward another. Well, it sounds like Jesus' desire is coming through the Apostle Paul, doesn't it? Sounds like Jesus' command is coming through the Apostle Paul. Same truth. No new commandment that I write unto you. It's the same truth. Just love one another. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul. With all. That's an Old Testament quote. It's the scriptures from the Old Testament. And Jesus quoted it in the New Testament. So this is not a new thing. A lot of people have trouble with this thing. But it's been around for uh, since God. <laughs> Amen. Love has been around since God. Well, that means eternal. And so now when he creates man, he wants man to do this thing called love. Because he created man in his image and after his likeness. And we know man failed in that program. Right. Cain hated his brother, killed his brother, murdered his brother. Right. Sin got into the human race, and it messed up things. Well, it's nothing, nothing new. Sin's nothing new. It's been around, and it's been messing up humanity and human relationships uh, ever since Adam and Eve sinned, right? So how are you going to change it? You get born again. You get your heart changed. You get saved. You get full of the life of God, full of the love of God. And, and when you get full of the love of God, uh, then you don't hate people anymore. 
You don't hate anybody. Even the people that might hate you, you don't even hate them. You even love your enemies. I said, you even love your enemies. That's what Jesus said do, right? So then, uh, sounds like a different kind of philosophy, doesn't it? I'll tell you what, you can have peace at the house when you, when you do that. You can have peace no matter who's around or uh, who's there to encourage you. You can have the peace of God. A peace that passes all understanding. You can have an assurance that, is, uh, that gives you a great calm right in the middle of a storm because you know you're walking in love. Thank you, Jesus. All right, so he says, the Lord make you to increase and abound in love one toward another and toward what? All men. Thank you, Jesus. Some people, they just choose to love some people. And then they choose not to love others. But according to Scripture, we don't get that choice if we're going to follow Jesus. No. Love your neighbors yourself was the indication was not just somebody that was in your household or in your family. That was sounds like people that you may not even know. And so God wants us to love one another, and we are to abound in this love or increase in this love. I mean, you increase to you have an abundance of it. <laughs> There's enough to go around. Jesus had enough to go around. He didn't, he didn't have just a little bit. Well, I like you, but I don't like you. I love you. I can't stand you. I love you, but you irritate the life out of me. No, Jesus just had enough to go around. He loved everybody. Now, when, you know, we know Jesus has some pretty strong words for uh, mostly religious people. If you, read, if you read the New Testament, read Jesus' words, uh, I mean, his, some of his strongest words were religious people. Sinners, he had a lot of mercy. But religious people that were playing religious games, he, he had low tolerance. <laughs> his lowest tolerance were for religious people playing religious games. Acting, acting like they're doing the right thing and just doing the wrong thing. So he just, he, he, he wasn't into that at all. Didn't seem to like that very well. Praise the Lord. You know, he still doesn't. If you read the New Testament, you'll see Jesus the way he still is. He's still that way. He didn't like the money changers in the temple. He took a while to make a whip, and then he went in and run them out. He gathered up his emotions and controlled it, but was determined to change the environment. It's pretty impressive. Praise God. And he went in there and turned their tables over. Now, you talking about messing with religion and then messing with their money? You are messing with something. When you mess with religion and you mess with their money, <laughs> you're, you're pretty radical. All right, so when I talk about Jesus' love walk, he didn't just 
agree with everything and just put his stamp of approval on everything. All right, let's go on. Is that enough? Y'all need any more of that? All right, that's enough of that. Let's go on. He says, the Lord make you to increase and abound in love one toward another and toward all men. So loving everybody, just loving people, even as we do toward you. So here's Paul saying, I'm doing that as an example. And he said, now I want you to do that too. So any leader is going to have to lead not only by word, but, it, but also by example. If you're going to be a true leader in any capacity, in any level of leadership. You know, some people that want to be a leader, but they don't want to set an example. And they're not going to be an effective leader. It's just not the way it works. You've got to set an example if you want somebody to follow your example. And the scripture says, be thou an example to the flock. So if you're a pastor, you've got to be an example. If you're a leader in the church, you need to be an example for others to follow. Now, it doesn't mean, again, we're all perfect. None of us are. We're still working at it, right? We're still growing. But we want to set examples. All right, let's go on. Thank you, Jesus. So then verse 13, to the end may be, to the end, he may be established, that he may establish your hearts unblameable in holiness. So love is going to affect your, your, your lifestyle. He said you would be holy, unblameable before God, even our Father, at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ with all his saints. I'll tell you, when you see Jesus, a lot of your stuff's going to melt. So it'd be best to let it melt before you see him. Right? I mean, it's just, just best to let your, just, just let God change your life. Does that make sense? Because uh, when you see Jesus, it's like a lot of attitudes are going to have to go. A lot of stuff in the flesh is just going to have to go. Uh, we, we can't take that to heaven. You don't get to take that to heaven. You just have to download right before you lift up. Praise the Lord. You can't take it to heaven. And uh, we'd like to be ready to go and not be so loaded down we can't download fast enough. You don't want to be heavy, uh, full of this world. You want to be full of Jesus. When Jesus comes, you want to be ready to go. Hallelujah. When the shout happens, you're ready to go. You're out of here. Praise the Lord. When the trumpet sounds in the moment, in the twinkling of an eye, it's going to be so fast. Thank you, Jesus. I was just working on a transaction today, and man, it was so fast. You're doing the transaction, and they send you a text, confirmation, so fast. And things in this world are happening so fast. But Jesus is going to come, and it's going to be so fast. 
You don't want hatred and bitterness or anything like that to hinder your liftoff. You just don't want any of that stuff. You don't want anything to hold you bound, hold you down, hold you to this earth. You want to lift off when Jesus shouts, when the trumpet sounds. We are out of here. Praise the Lord. You know, we get kind of lax in this regard. Let's just be honest. In Christianity, we get kind of lax about Jesus coming. Because, and Peter says, people say, where is, where is, you know, you say he's coming, where is, where is it, where, when is he coming? And they're scoffing, that's what they're doing. But you know, he is going to come at a time when they think not, and he's just going to come. And we don't want this to be a bad movie. We don't want this to be a nightmare. We want to be ready to go. Praise the Lord. We want to be ready to go. Everything packed. When I say everything packed, packed full of the love of God, the life of God, Jesus inside of you, and nothing holding you back. Praise God. There's nothing holding you down, nothing that would keep you from being lifted up and meeting the Savior, meeting Jesus in the air. Praise God. I want to meet him. I'm out of here. I'm looking forward to the day, the time. I'm doing, I'm doing my part down here, when, and I'm going to stay faithful, right? We're going to stay faithful. We're going to keep doing. We're going to occupy till he comes, but we're living like he is coming. Our work down here is motivated by something like Jesus is coming for his church, his bride, his people that are ready, waiting, watching, looking, expecting. Thank you, Jesus. On the wedding day, the bride is getting ready. You know, just recently we had a wedding with Joseph and Vanessa, and the bride was getting ready all day long. <laughs> Serious. She's getting ready. She's here in the church. She's getting ready, doing the makeup, doing the hair, getting everything ready all day. Now, you know why she was so beautiful. She's prep, prepping. She's preparing. She's getting ready. Our love walk is one way that we get ready. Amen. We're prepared. She wouldn't have done all that. She didn't love Joe. Oh, no, no, no. She wouldn't have even showed up for the wedding. Much less spent all day. Much less all of the preparation beforehand, all of the preparing, all the, all the working, and especially during this time of COVID. It was challenging to prepare for a wedding and do a wedding. It's a big deal, you know, because so many things, you can't do this, can't do that, can't do this, can't. But she loved Joseph. So she's willing to endure the trials, the tests. And they, and they said, well, the, the, the best thing about all this is they actually got married. They had to endure a lot of stuff. They had to, a lot of challenges, but they got married. They showed up for the wedding. 
She was prepared. He was ready. Praise the Lord. But you know, Joseph showed up too. Because he loved the bride. Jesus is coming for his church. And he's coming for a church that is ready, that is watching, that is prepared, that is ready to go up when he shows up. <coughs> Praise God. So I just want to live like that. Anybody want to live like that? Just live like I am ready to go. I'm going to work hard. I'm going to do my job. I'm going to do my business. I'm going to take care of my family. I'm going to do everything I got to do. But I'm going up when Jesus comes for me. I'm getting out of here. So if anybody wants to hang out here, they're going to be hanging out without me. Anyone in the room are in agreement with me right now? Praise God. Anybody want to hang out and be loaded down with cares and loaded down with this world, loaded down with sin and loaded down with all kind of bitterness and hatred and anger and resentment? Oh, no, I'm not. I'm not. I'm not. I'm going to live free down here and I'm going up. I'm going to meet Jesus in the air. Praise God. Nothing hanging on. No weights on my legs. Praise God. No weights. Hallelujah. Just already trimmed. Already. Hallelujah. Lamps are trimmed. The oil is in the lamp. Ready to roll. Ready to go. Hallelujah to Jesus. Praise God. Living that way. Living with that awareness. With that consciousness. If we live with that awareness, we purify ourselves. In other words, we don't let anything get in our soul, get in our crawl. We are unwilling to let anything get into our soul that would hinder our fellowship with Jesus, our fellowship with the Father, our fellowship with the Father God. No, and our fellowship one with another, the blood of Jesus cleanses us. When we have fellowship with God and fellowship with one another, the blood of Jesus cleanses us and keeps us and purges us. And just keeps things clean in our life. Anything unclean. We just don't want it with us. Don't want to be a part of it. Thank you, Jesus. Any unclean attitude. Thank you, Jesus. Just washed, cleansed. We've been forgiven. We've been washed in the blood of Jesus. But uh, there's times you need a little fresh uh, cleansing, a fresh washing. Thank you, Jesus. And, and, and when you need that, just go ahead and do that. When you see your attitude getting a little off, getting off, getting out of love, walk, outside of the love walk, you just say, Father, forgive me. And if you need to ask somebody to forgive you, do that as well. Just not going to let anything hinder my fellowship with the Father. Not going to let anybody uh, and their attitude and their action, I'm not going to let them hinder me from loving Jesus and loving God and loving them. Praise God, because that's his commandment. This is not the great suggestion. What is your great suggestion? No, he said, what is the great commandment? He said, this is the great commandment, that you love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, with all your strength, and that you love your neighbor as yourself. And the only way you're going to love your neighbor as yourself and love them the way God loves them is that you're going to love God. Thank you, Jesus. The only way Vanessa showed up for that wedding 
is she loved Joseph. And she wasn't scared and intimidated walking down the aisle because she knew Joseph loved her. Praise the Lord. We know God loves us. When you know God's love for you, then it makes you love him so deeply. And when you know God's love for you, then you know his love for others. And when you know God's love for others, then it makes you want to love them too. If you know how much he loved you when you weren't at your best, when you were at your lowest, when you weren't, uh, weren't paying attention to him or his word, how many can testify? Come on, be honest in the room. When you weren't paying attention, you weren't listening, you weren't loving him, you weren't serving him in some cases, you weren't walking with him, you weren't even saved, but he loved you. He loved you then, he loves you now, and he'll love you forever. Hallelujah. And we have a loving father that loves us so much that he puts his love on the inside of us and gives us the ability to love someone else. And he said, now I want you to pray this. I want you to pray this, that you would abound. You would abound in love one toward another. And then Paul said, even as I do toward you. In other words, follow God and follow me as I follow Christ. And if you do that, praise the Lord, you'll, you'll end up in the right place. <laughs> Hallelujah. Somebody say, I'm going up. Hallelujah. And not only going up when Jesus comes, but I'm going on with Jesus down here. While I'm here, I'm going to keep moving forward. And if you keep moving forward in love, you'll keep moving forward in life. If you keep moving forward in life, you have good relationships and life will be sweeter.